What a great um, visual of the life that we can see in these graduates. So graduates, we're so excited for you um, on this celebration um, of, of a huge season and a huge accomplishment. So, well, I am Ashley Alley Crawford. I remembered to turn my mic on today. So those who were here a couple weeks ago, remember, I, I forgot that. So I'm learning. We're all learning right now. Um, and, and it's not just graduation Sunday, um, but it's also Mother's Day. And so I know that there's some mothers out here. There may even be some first-time mothers or new mothers, new grandmothers. And so today we just want to say Happy Mother's Day to you. Um, I, I was a campus minister at a college for 12 years, and often the college chose to have graduation on Mother's Day, which moms were glad to be with their kids, but also it was a day very, um, very much focused um, elsewhere. Um, and, but I also, I always kind of loved it because I think that anytime somebody graduates, um, while there is one name on that diploma, graduation uh, really is a team effort. Um, and so on this Mother's Day, uh, those of you who are graduating, I just want to remind you to, to give your mom or maybe a mother figure, someone in your life who's been important, uh, just give them a shout out. Give them, honor them, um, give them a, a sense of, of gratitude and recognition um, that their self-sacrificial love has helped you to get to where you are today. I know that sometimes Mother's Day, um, also for some, is a little bit complicated. And for those for whom Mother's Day has pain or longing or regret or grief, um, I just want you to know that God sees that and knows that. Um, and I just pray that on this day that you would sense God's nearness to you. Well, um, I was actually really excited. Jason asked me to preach a couple of times while he's on his renewal leave, and, and I was really excited when he asked me to preach on graduation Sunday. Uh, graduation has, I have been to more graduations, unless there's any other like school administrators here, I've been, I've been to a lot of them <laughs> in my life over the years, and I've celebrated four graduations myself, one from seminary, one from college, one from high school, and one very favorite one from preschool. Um, and I remember Mrs. Pongress gave us a piece of paper that was rolled up that looked like a diploma. It literally was a piece of paper rolled up um, <laughs> that like had tape on it. Um, <laughs> and I remember Mrs. Pongress had that for us in preschool. Um, and what it sort of said to us is that this is a reason to celebrate. There, this day marks a thing that was huge, that we have made it through, um, that we that is worth celebrating. And sometimes um, with thing, things like this, these celebration, um, sometimes it includes a little bit of grieving as well. The thing that we used to know, preschool or high school or college or whatever, um, it's no longer going to be the same. And sometimes that's hard. And also um, there really is so much uh, to be grateful for. One chapter is coming to an end, and a new chapter, unwritten yet, um, is just beginning. Well, I am speaking specifically to graduates today, but I'm speaking to all of us. Um, I can imagine that there may be something in each of our lives that might be kind of wrapping up or a season that's ending. Um, and I just want to invite each of us, wherever we are in our lives, to, to think about what it is that, uh, that, that God, where we are, where God has us, where, where, are we, where are we and where are we going to in the season ahead. Well, as I was thinking about this significant event of graduation, I couldn't help uh, but think about 
epic stories, like epic stories like, well, I'm going to show my age and my nerdiness level. Um, Lord of the Rings is a favorite of mine. Um, or maybe it's Star Wars or maybe the Marvel Cinematic Universe, whatever the, maybe it's Harry Potter. I'm, a, I'm not the kind of right generation for Harry Potter, but whatever those sort of epic stories are um, that are told and new things spin off and new chapters are written. I want you to think about those epic stories um, in, in, this, in this day. One of my favorite writers, he's a pastor and he's a theologian. His name is Eugene Peterson. He writes that all good stories have five characteristics. They have a beginning and a good ending. I loved that in the song. It said that the story, the story's not over if the ending's not good. And Eugene Peterson would wholeheartedly agree. Every story has an end, a beginning and a good ending. It has a catastrophe or a conflict. It has salvation, which is the way out of the catastrophe. It also has character development. People do not stay the same. Characters develop. People develop over time. And then the last thing is that there is no detail in the story by accident. All the details, even the painful ones, they can be understood to have a purpose. Well, epic stories have all of these, and I did resist the temptation to, like, figure out all of these five characteristics for, for all of the favorite epic stories that I talked about. Um, but I want us to think about today this idea of character development. What does it look like to be changed from one thing into something else? How do, the, how do we, as characters in, the, in our story, how do we keep developing? What would God say to the class of 2021, to anyone graduating? As I was thinking about this idea, I thought about Paul and the book of Philippians. Now, Philippians is a really short little book. Um, it's only four chapters. And I, I sort of think of it in, as, as Paul's graduation speech in some ways. Uh, he wrote it to this church actually while he was in jail. Um, and there's another whole story there that we won't get into. But, but I think there's a really good example of what it looks like to develop as characters uh, from the book of Philippians. If we were going to write a story, I noticed that one of our grads wants to write fiction that tells the story of redemption. That's a beautiful goal, and we all need stories that remind us of, of redemption. And I think if, if I were to sit down with you, uh, I would say, let's, what does it look like to develop a character? Well, we need to know where they're going, um, what's happening in the story, where are they going, why are they doing it, what's their motivation, and we also would want to know who they were with. Very few good stories, um, you know, just have one character. Most of them, the stories that we can, that, that are engaging to us, they have a whole cast of characters. So, so who, who is our character with? So we want to know the destination, we want to know the motivation, and we want to know their travel buddies. Well, I want to read some words from, from Philippians chapter 1 verses 1 through 11. And I want you to listen for those three things, for, for the destination, for the motivation, and then for the travel buddies in this story. Hear these words. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and the deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. 
It was right for me to feel this way about you since I have all of you in my heart. And whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Well, in these words uh, at the beginning of Philippians, it starts out as a letter, and a customary way to start is to say who the author is. Well, the author here um, is Paul and Timothy. This is a letter, he's saying, that's from both of them, um, who are the servants of Christ Jesus. Now, Timothy is probably a familiar name. You've heard of probably First and Second Timothy. So there's two whole letters that are, that are dedicated to him, written to him by Paul. But we first meet Timothy in Acts chapter 16. And what we learn about Timothy is that his mother is, Jew, is Jewish, a Jewish Christian, Jewish believer, and his father is Greek. Uh, we also learn a little bit more in 2 Timothy, and it says, Paul says to, to Timothy in this letter, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure lives also in you. Well, on Mother's Day, I can't resist the legacy of faith that we see in the person of Timothy, the travel buddy of Paul. It's a legacy of faith that was in his grandmother, and it was passed down to her daughter and passed down to her son. It's a beautiful picture of of, um, ministry going out, entering into the ministry of Christ that's passed down uh, through the family. And in in Philippians chapter 2, Paul talks about a different kind of family where he refers to Timothy as as a son to him because of the ways that he has served and ministered to him. Graduates, I want to just remind you in this epic story that you're in the midst of to take note of your travel buddies. There's going to be travel buddies that um, that you didn't choose, your family, um, and those those the the people that God has has entrusted you with. And I just want to say that you are blessed when you have parents who give you a legacy of sincere faith, of grandparents, of aunts, and of uncles um, who give you a legacy of sincere faith. And even when you do have that legacy of sincere faith, I hope that you will also, like Paul um, did with Timothy, find a mentor. Find somebody who can, um, who can invest in you, who can guide you. I, I, one of the things I love about Horizons is the way that Horizons brings people into relationship across generations and helps people to kind of ha- look, have somebody to look to who's kind of been down that road before. And to the Paul, those who are in the Paul demographic, I just want to remind you to keep looking for those Timothys that can um, that that are, are looking to to what the next steps in life are, so that you might be able to to invest in them as well. Choose the travel buddies that are go- that are going to help you kind of point to the why, point to the motivation um, that is honoring to Christ, and that that puts us on a path of, of His love. So our journey includes travel buddies, it includes family, it includes mentors and many companions. And as we grow in sincere faith, we can become open 
to the motivation, to the why that we're even on this journey in the first place. So I don't know if you heard the why in this passage that I read a minute ago, um, but every writer has to think about why are my characters doing what they're doing? We have to think about why are we doing what we're doing? And many stories all have this motivation. Some it's merely to survive. Um, for somebody else, uh, for, for another classic story, they're, they're destroying the one ring. In another um, wonderful epic story, they're destroying the, the infinity stones. Maybe our stories um, that we love are looking for our true purpose or our true love. But there is always a why that is motivating us to do the things that we're doing in our stories. And Paul's words point to the why for the church of Philippi. And frankly, for us, if we choose to accept this mission as well. And he gives them a vision and an encouragement and a challenge. And it's all in the midst of a prayer. He says in verses 3 through 6, he says, I thank my God when I remember you, and I pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. And then here's the why. I am confident in this that he who began a good work in you will carry it on until completion, until the day of Christ Jesus. Now, this is a promise. This why is a powerful promise that, that God who began the good work will carry it on into completion. That the, that the why is that the Lord is willing it. The Lord is empowering it. The Lord is faithful. And this is a why that is big enough for us to, to live into. Now, sometimes um, we are plagued with some self-doubt or with um, some, some internal conflict. We, we may sort of play the comparison game, and we may sort of doubt whether we're actually going to get to the end of the thing that we're working towards. And in this story, I want to remind us, this is where we can lean on that shared identity, the shared identity that he who began a good work in us, for all of us, those of us who are called by his name, that are called to be Christians, um, we can follow his, his path and that his promise will be good. I said it a couple weeks ago, I preached on salt and light, and I said that it's when, when God puts his deposit in us, um, his, his, either the salt or the light, when, when he puts that inside of us, that we can't help but shine, we can't help but be salty. And I think the same thing is true here, that there is good work that is started in you, and God is faithful to carry it on to completion. Well, you may find that your courage is shrinking. You may feel filled with self-doubt, but when you find your courage shrinking or you begin to doubt, let the truth of this promise that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion, let it be the motivation to carry you on to the destination. So what is the destination? Where are we going anyway on this path? We know that we're traveling with, with travel buddies. We know why we're traveling because we, we believe that God's character is good. But where are we going? Now, um, sometimes stories, uh, these epic stories, they're going to a literal place. And sometimes this journey that uh, one of our heroes is on is not a literal place. And it's, it's 
to a new awareness. It's to, um, to a new insight. It's, it's to maybe something, um, a little more, uh, a little more nebulous than, than a literal place. It's maybe, um, you know, we think that in a story they're traveling to, for success or for a relationship, but I want to invite us to think about the destination, um, as, as, as something else. And you're going to hear about it in, in first verses nine through 11. Paul says this to the church at Philippi. He says, I pray that your love would abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you would be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness until the day of Christ Jesus. I think the destination that Paul is calling out for the people is not a literal place. It's not a relationship. um, It's not success, but it's actually to love. Now, what would it be like if love is our destination? I know it sounds a little touchy-feely. It sounds a little, you know, woo-woo. But what would happen if what our whole destination in life is to move towards love? Well, first of all, God is love. So that's a very worthy understanding of our destination moving towards love, that, that we're moving towards God and we're moving towards the place where, where we then are able to, to not just love God in return, but to love one another. But love is what Paul is asking them to move towards. He says, I pray that your love would abound more and more in knowledge and in depth of insight. He's inviting them to think about what they know and what they put in their mind. But he doesn't stop there. He wants them to, to move forward with the fruit of righteousness. He's, he's inviting them to think about what they do, the actions um, that they do. And this keeps them in, um, in alignment with God's purposes for them, uh, that they might have the, bear the fruit that God is calling them to do. Now, all of this, I think, has to do with who he's calling them to be. He's calling them to know, and he's calling them to do the things that result in the fruit of righteousness, but he's calling them to be a person of love. Now, um, I recently heard this analogy about love, and I thought it was really, really good. Sometimes we may think about love as like the moon. It is there, we see it, we catch a glimpse of it every now and then. Um, we know that it like has some strange uh, power, like it does something with the tides and wolves, I don't know. Um, but love is, is out there, it's sort, sort of a vague, um, a vague thing that we just, we encounter every now and then, um, and we, we know it's there. But what if love is really more like the sun? What if it actually is the thing that we revolve around and not that orbits around us? What if we understood love to be the only thing that causes us to grow? What if we understood that love is, um, is the compelling force in all of life? You see, this is a kind of love that takes us far beyond the I love pizza and I love watching Netflix. It moves us way away from that, and it moves us into the kind of love that is worth staking our lives on, the kind of love that allows us to be self-sacrificing, the kind of love that, that allows us to give up our life for another. This is what the love um, that, that is... Com- being, that we are being compelled to as a destination looks like. The destination, it's not an accomplishment. Rather, it's an encountering of the life-changing love of God 
from the life giver, life changer himself, Jesus. The destiny, I messed that up. The destination isn't an accomplishment. Rather, it's encountering the life-changing love of God from the life changer himself, Jesus. Well, as we think about what graduation is, it is an absolutely a wonderful time to mark some huge accomplishments and, um, and to celebrate along the way. Uh, and as this chapter sort of closes, uh, we acknowledge that another chapter is starting. Now, your chapter has not included a treacherous journey. Um, it hasn't been included fighting the, the side of good in a, in a galactic battle of good versus evil. Um, and it's not a sort of a coming of age and harnessing your magical powers. It's not that. You certainly, however, have worked incredibly hard, and you have had late nights and early mornings, and you've had to get up in front of people and talk, and you've had to do things you didn't want to do, and, um, and you've probably even had some joyful times along the way as well, times with friends, times um, when you learned something that, that felt significant, times where you were willing to work really hard no matter what, um, because you knew um, that there was something at the end of the tunnel there. Whether you are graduating from high school, from college, from graduate school, from preschool, from dog obedience school, wherever you're graduating today, however, it is not about what we're graduating from. It's really about what we're graduating to. You see these times of a threshold, these, these um, opportunities where we celebrate an accomplishment, they help us change from one thing into another. They are character development. They um, remind us um, of, of what we have been, but um, opening us up to some place that we could never have been without this current chapter. This chapter has shaped you. It has changed you. It has qualified you. It has given you skills and tools um, that, frankly, God's going to use in the next chapter. We can celebrate this while also remember that God really has um, prepared something for each of us in the season of head, uh, season ahead. I love this whole book of Philippians because in it um, we remember, and we heard it even already in the scripture. He writes this, these pages, these stories, or these letters here. He writes them while he's in prison, while he's in jail. He literally doesn't know whether he's going to live or whether he's going to die. He doesn't know what kind of graduation he's going to have. He's not sure if he's going to move on and move back into missionary journeys or whether he is going to be put to death. But regardless, you can hear a joy and a love and a peace um, and a self-sacrificial goodness uh, that, that is coming from him in just even these 11 verses. He, he offers them grace and peace. He says he's constantly remembering them with joy. He reminds them of the good work that it's going to continue on to completion. He, he invites them into God's grace and into the compassion of Christ. He holds up for them what love looks like. He's not necessarily known as the most optimistic and positive person. If you read some of his other things, he can give a harsh word. And yet, in this graduation speech of sorts, he is holding up for them, uh, the sh shining the light of joy and of peace and of love. And why, why is he doing that? How in the world is he doing that? Well, like, um, like often at the end of the story, he tells why, why in the world he can, he can offer and hold up this light. And he says it in chapter four. 
He says, I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every circumstance, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all of this through him who gives me strength. Paul literally experienced shipwreck. He literally experienced um, stoning and being cast out and, and being arrested and being mistreated. Physical affliction. That's a pretty intense education. And yet, at the end of, of his um, end of his education time here, he says that he knows what it is to, to be content, and he knows that he can meet any challenge. He can do all things through Christ who gives him strength. This is a manifesto of the Holy Spirit power. This is a reminding of what it means to keep our mind centered on Christ. So graduation is, uh, it is an incredible celebration of something that you've done in the past, but also it is totally about what is preparing you for the season to come. I want to give everybody a homework assignment. I know you, some of you just got out of school, but I want to give everybody a homework assignment if, you, if you're interested, if you choose to accept it here. I want to invite you to read Philippians this week. It's short enough that if you want to, you could actually read the whole book every single day, or you could choose a section or a chapter to read every day. But I am confident that by engaging in these life-giving words, you'll be able to rehearse some of the promises of God, and you'll be able to maybe catch a little glimpse of what it is that Paul's talking about being content and knowing where his strength comes from. I'm confident um, that as we open ourselves up to reading God's word, uh, that we can experience the life-changing love of Jesus Christ. Well, every epic story has, um, is part, part of the reason why it's epic is because of its ending. But let's be honest, many epic stories have a very complicated ending. Those, Lord, those 11 hours of um, when you watch the extended version of Lord of the Rings, uh, they, they, Frodo and Samwise Gamgee get to, um, to come, they are destroying the one ring. And then um, battered and beaten, um, we see them going to the leaving Middle Earth, this place that they'd been fighting for. Leave, they leave it um, and they go to the, to the uh, land of undying. In the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the big 2018 um, movie, they've got 23 movies up to this point and 50 hours of runtime. So if you're bored sometime and need to like catch up, um, you know, looking for something to do, you can find them um, on any channel, really. Um, <laughs> but the 2018 movie Infinity War closed an epic storyline with a death of a beloved character and a passing the baton of another one. We see in these epic stories that chapters end, but the story doesn't. The same is very much true for us. Eugene Peterson reminds us that all stories have elements of the true story, of God's story, and we can have the confidence that he who began a good work in us will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus, till the day that we end up in the undying land. Well, graduates of all types, I just want to invite you to think about what you have to celebrate in this season. What is it um, that, that we can cheer you on? And for each of us, I want to offer us all three different questions to think about this week. Who are the companions for the journey that are helping you to grow in sincere faith? 
Second question, is it hard uh, to remember that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus? What can you do to be reminded of this truth? And that homework, will you consider reading Philippians, Paul's graduation speech, daily this week? Will you find a verse that challenges or encourages you and commit it to memory? As we do, as we lean into this, as we lean into love, as we lean into the why, as we look around at the travel buddies that God has given us, I am confident uh, that we can be brought further and further into, uh, into the path that, that God has called us to be in. That as this story changes, that we're about to start a really brand new, wonderful adventure in chapter two. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you so much for each of these graduates here today that we celebrate. I thank you for the ways that you have um, given them strength, whether they even know it or not. I thank you for the, the ways that you've protected them and guided them and been with them in their hard times and uh, been championing them in their successes. God, I pray that you might give them an awareness of your presence in the days ahead Give them, bring them into to connection with other travel buddies that might be good companions or, or mentors. Help them to, to see your, um, your goodness uh, through that connection and that provision. And Lord, for those parents um, and grandparents and loved ones of those graduating, I pray that you might give them wisdom and courage. I pray that you might give them discernment, that their love would abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. God, I thank you for the journey that you have each of us on uh, today. And while there may be some hard things, there, there's a catastrophe that, that each of us may be um, sort of navigating. We know that you have given us your salvation through Jesus. We pray that in those times of loneliness or difficulty, that we would remember um, how much you love us and how uh, much you plant your love inside of us to offer to other people. God, I thank you for this day to celebrate, and we pray that we might be opened up to the chapter that you have ahead. We pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen.